Hello everyone, this is Marisha for Love Your Creativity and here we are again with the regular weekly coaching session with Ryan James Locke. How are you, Ryan? I'm very good, thanks Marisha. How are you? I am good. How's Ibiza doing? It's pretty gorgeous. It's got quite quiet now because I think uh, the, the season's coming to an end in about the next two weeks. So there's a lovely, um, yeah, there's a, a lovely peace has descended now that all the tourists are gone. So yeah, it's lovely. Very nice for writing and, and sort of doing inspiring things. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, London's still as crazy as ever, nothing changes. In fact, I think it gets busier because, of course, everyone comes back after a summer away, don't they? And, yeah. and so everyone's got that. It's London, it's September, it's like going back to school. Yeah, slightly depressed. Yeah, but also I've always found, I mean, this year I'm not, but quite often in September I'll start a course of some kind to learn something. And yeah. I've done that probably most of my adult life, really, because I like that sense of resetting goals. Um, you know, that kind of idea of... Let's pick up life and let's see what I can do, certainly in the next quarter. And it's nice to have some really big goals to carry you because, let's face it, we now have got autumn, darkness, more rain. We've got a good six months. So it's good to have something to drive you through that, really, I think. I think September's a brilliant time to set new goals. I, um, I'm just about to launch a group coaching programme and, and I, I wanted to do it at the start of summer. And then, you know, the more sort of research I did when I put it out there to people was that actually September is the best time because everybody's, like you said, kind of, They've come off holiday or they've, you know, they've finished all the sort of summer madness and they're really ready to, like, knuckle down and, as you said, go back to school. I like that analogy. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, there's two t- times of year we do this, isn't it? Obviously, there's uh, January, but I always find January such a hard, cold month, especially after the <laughs> Christmas celebrations. Whereas I think at least with September, you've kind of had a summer to rest. And I do think we're primed. I think from children, aren't we? We're primed to go to school in September yeah. and learn something new. And uh, yeah. so I guess what we're saying to, we probably, you and I should pro- both be setting some big goals. And I guess our listeners should probably be thinking what they can, what is it they need to learn now, which will forward their creative careers or their businesses. I, should I think, I think that's a really great question, actually, because I was, um, I was coaching someone yesterday about this, and we were talking about this idea uh, that, you know, often we set a goal or we have an intention, you know, either professionally or, or personally or creatively. And what I always get clients to do is I always ask the question, you know, what do you need to learn in order to help you get mm-hmm. there? And it, it sounds fairly, you know, flippant, but I think a lot, of, a lot of the time people really miss that and they think, oh, I'll just work. For example, they think, you know, I want to, you know, achieve X or achieve Y, but they don't realise that just pushing and trying hard to make it happen isn't always the best way. Often, you know, it's about working smarter, not necessarily harder, and and I think study is definitely a very important part of that. Yeah, I mean, of course, sometimes it's a study like go to class to get a technique sorted, whether it's a painting technique or being able to belt or you know, a different way of approaching improvisation or whatever, depending on your, your own business, but I think Certainly for me, um, I think ongoingly I'm realising how I just need to keep moving on the mental space because, you know, I've had effectively, as we discussed last podcast session, I kind of came off doing a play exhausted, going, oh my goodness, and you were saying to me very much, you need a rest, which I've done and I definitely feel ready, which is good because, of course, I've gone slam into other bits of work and, you know, and uh, starting a new play and it's all very kind of crazy because we go up 
a week tomorrow and so there's all that and all the attendant running around that needs to be done and learning and, and also trying to be free and getting, getting used to a different director and different actors and all the kinds of things that and I'm going oh hang on what about my London Town track and that's why really because I've almost I've done a little bit of work this week but mm-hmm. because everything else is just piled on top and I've also had to have moments where I've just needed to rest and yeah. And now I'm going, hang on a second. And it's almost like when you've stopped doing something, when you've put it down, it's about that. It's much easier to push a stone that's rolling, whereas if it feels like it's come to a natural halt because you've got busy doing other things, you feel a bit guilty that you stopped working as hard on, on you know, your side project. You think, oh, what's the point? Will anyone love it? Where I stopped it, I was getting interest, but now I've got no interest. I've got to start yeah. again. You see what I'm saying? So maybe also using the fact where September is a, it's a good thing for me if you know what I mean yeah. to go okay I can pick it up and it's not just because I've laid it down for a couple of weeks doesn't mean I've fa- I'm a failure actually it means now he's you know I've got to get the next few days out of the way and then I can go okay let's let's move forward again I think you, oh, well, actually, I love what you said about it's easier to push a stone that's rolling I think that's a really good quote actually that's definitely a tweetable so anybody listening I think that's a great thing to tweet um like a rolling stone. <laughs> yeah, I might actually use that in, in an article. Thanks, okay, Marisha. Um, just credit me, darling. That's all I'm going to do. Just link. But yeah. I, I want to go back to what you said. Um, two things that I really want to share with you here. The first is I'd, really, I'd like to encourage you to really minimise a sense of guilt. Because ultimately, mm. as we discussed in the last session, it is natural and it's okay for things to fluctuate. In an ideal world, we'd stay focused 100% of the time and we'd be able to juggle 20 things and everything would get done. In the world that we live in, uh, that's not. And, you know, you are very busy. You are doing a lot of things. Crazy, so, yeah. Exactly. And that's a testament to your talent and your networking ability. So I'd really encourage you as your coach to sort of really minimise, you know, the sense of any sense of guilt and, and to sort of perhaps replace that with more of a sense of, you know, like, let's use an example, you know, it wasn't a Christmas track that now isn't relevant until next year. Yes. That, that would be slightly different, you know, if it was like the Merry Christmas London Town. Obviously, you know, you would have missed the boat by a while. But with what you've done, it's still applicable throughout the year. It's, it's a very strong theme. So, but I just want to go back quickly. Last week we talked about, you know, you recharging, and part of that recharging was self-care. But another important part was learning to say no to people. Yeah. So talk to me about how, how did you put that in place and how did that work for you? Um, I have definitely had a couple of clear conversations with people asking me to do things and I've just had to say, I can help you, but you've got to be aware I've got, you know, this, this schedule and this play and this, you know, and, uh, and all that. I've, I've been clearer about letting people know that much as I like to help them with what they've asked me to do, it's actually physically kind of possible. Yeah, good. Now, I've not said what you suggested, which was, oh, I've scheduled me time, so I, you, I can't help you, kind of thing, which, I, which is true. I haven't done that. I've just been very clear about, actually, I've got too much on. And I've made a decision that was a show I was going to co-write with someone, and I've just looked at the way it's going, and I can't give it any kind of real justice, so I've got to write and let them know, but, I mean, I will do so, if you see what I'm saying. We haven't really started the project. But I think... So that's on that. So I'm learning the no bits. I'm realising how important it is. And I've got to, and continually that's got to keep moving forward. 
Uh, in terms of self-care, the really good thing, I've, I've got myself back down the gym again pretty well most days. Good, good. And in fact, I've been taking my script to the gym and I've been walking on the treadmill. People have been finding it quite strange in the gym because I'm there, I either read my script in between sets <laughs> or I'm on the treadmill then for about 40 minutes, which I hate doing that treadmill elliptic and I can't run anyway because of my knee, etc. But at least, and my neck, but I've been able to walk at a reasonable pace and you're very focused. You, you're not you're not Facebooking or looking at your email when you're on a treadmill, yeah. stuck with a script in front of you. So actually, yeah. and also, as I said, research has proved and proven that your brain is much more receptive to learning when you're kind of in motion or doing monotonous things like cooking. So I've actually found that it's going in pretty quick. So I've managed to find a bit of a, a time-efficient way of getting stuff in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I have been sleeping where I can, eating much better, although there's a shocking amount of sugar going on and chocolate biscuits still, but I'm aware that I'm getting tired. But I'm, I'm just allowing yeah. myself a bit more, and, and I've got a couple of things after you and I finish this, but rather than spending... What I've stopped doing is starting blogging or podcasting or thinking about stuff online at half nine at night because I know once I get online, I, you know what I mean? It's two hours later yeah. and I'm working and then yeah. my brain's too busy and I don't sleep. So I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm learning, I'm going, okay, I know that. So even though I should be blogging more and I should, 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 which, I mean, should is what, what does that word mean? But ultimately I've got to self-care and I think I've taken what you've yeah. said and put a couple of things in place. And just the fact that mo- I haven't gone to the gym today and my knee's actually a bit sore, I think, from actually doing too much walking, but, and it's felt mm-hmm. a bit locked today. But I do feel I've gone, I've recognised that there's a couple of issues from the last podcast of self-care and saying no. And, I'll st- yeah. and I'm sure that I'm going to fall down. But at least I've been clear and clarified stuff where, where it's come up. I mean, I think that's great. Something you said just now, which I think is very important to mention, about what does the word should mean. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, I- I'm putting together a workshop uh, for-, for next week, and one of the modules in it is called Stop Shoulding All Over Yourself. Little play on words. But I- the reason I wanted to mention this to you is because I find with clients that the word should actually gets them in a lot of trouble. Oh, it just makes you feel, I should you have know? done my showreel, I should be here, I should have done this. I can give you a, so many shoulds, I'm just going, no, I need to stop. But and it I still think what, creeps yeah. in. It's inevitable. You, even, though you, even when I'm aware of it, it's amazing mm-hmm. how that guilty should wanders around and sits on your colder going, whispers dark things in your ear about what you yeah. should have done. The word should either makes you wrong or somebody else wrong. Yeah. And, and that's something I read years ago in a Louise Hay book, and I think it's incredibly important, especially for creatives, whether you're a singer or an actor or, a, you know, you're a, you're, you're a small business owner listening to this. If you're using the word should, I would really look at two things. One is perhaps you don't want to do it, mm-hmm. and that's why it hasn't been done. Or two, it's not the right time. But there's an exercise in a book called You Can Heal Your Life, which I think is a great book. Oh, yes, I read it many years ago. It's great, isn't it? Mm, yeah. And she gets you to replace. She gets you to make a should list, and then you replace. You replace a uh, should with I could if I wanted to, or I choose to. I should if. I, sorry, say that again. Sorry, you basically you instead of using the word should, you say I choose to, or I could if I wanted to. I choose to. I could. So I got a bit distracted. Even though it's a Monday night, I don't know what is going on outside. But I think loads of people got really, really drunk. Which on a Monday is pretty hardcore. I don't know if you can hear, but it's quite bonkers the amount of noise that's coming out of this end. So th- I was going to say, it's ironic that I'm in Ibiza and it's quiet and peaceful outside. 
I, I mean, yeah, they're all screaming someone's name. It's amazing. Although I, sorry to go slightly off topic, but I always used to, like in January, you know, when everyone else gives up drinking. Yeah. I've always been like, no, no, I'm going to drink because I might as well party in the, in the hardest month of the year. <laughs> I quite like that. You know what I mean? There's certain logic there. Yeah, like party in the month you need to, right? When it's cold and dark and you've got no more Christmas presents and you're paying for the Christmas presents (laughs) and you're bored. I always always found that quite funny when people, um, yeah, like when people sort of, you know, to add to the overwhelm and the stress, they then do a detox in January. So it's like, I'm not drink hard. Well, (laughs) (laughs) but a glass of champagne is not going to kill you on a Saturday night when it's a cold night. Yeah, I always. It's just a way more fun. And, and equally, Monday nights, Monday, Monday, Tuesday's best night to party, because why do it on a weekend, be bridge and tunnel about it, right? So, anyway, back to, like, we digress. So, I choose to. Yeah, think, it's good. You know, whatever, re, whatever, um, whatever, you know, phrase, whatever word, whatever way, it, you know, whatever you would say in your own language, that's a very important thing that I, I always talk to clients about. When it comes to, like, affirmations or reprogramming your mind or your beliefs it's really important to use words that you use i remember doing affirmations years ago and one of them was something like oh gosh what was it it, it included words that i just didn't say in my vocabulary so the, the affirmation didn't have any effect so if you're when you're trying to replace words or phrases it's really important to use words that your you know your brain and your mind recognize so you know when you find yourself perhaps thinking i should be doing this I would really encourage you as your coach to sort of look at if I choose, if, if I, if I chose to, I could be doing it. However, and then look at perhaps maybe you don't want to, maybe the time isn't right, or maybe you can get to it tomorrow. Yeah. No, but it I, doesn't, know that. I think one of the reasons I think it's such an important thing to sort of talk to clients and, and people listening is that the word should doesn't do anything. It, you know, it, it either me- makes you feel guilty or it makes somebody else wrong. I've never heard the word should really used in a positive way. Yeah, and it just... In fact, um, I did a podcast interview last week with Georgina Sowerby, who's an amazing um, director and improviser, teacher and actor. And uh, she always said, if she's got the word should in anything, it really suggests to her she needs to find another way of doing it. Because it's Love. almost like the reason she says the word should automatically means it's something she's got a negative issue with. I actually think that's 100% spot on. There's no... She's incredibly dead doing a show at Goodoxbow Lakes, I'm hoping to get and see this week, but, you know, she's really... She really does go ahead and make great, great work and really inspire others, and I thought, yeah, she's right there. Well, going back to what we were saying last week in the session, is that, um, you know, learning to say no, it, it has so many negative connotations because people find the word no is somehow selfish but I actually think of it as very positively selfish because if you find yourself giving to everybody else and exhausting yourself and you know all that stuff what you'll actually find is it's kind of like you know in in your situation you have to like we said last week you have to really make your own self-care and your own energy levels a priority because you can't give your best when you're tired or you're drained and it's the same with you know whether you're a coach or a consultant yeah. or anything. And I think as well that not, I think when you recognise as well that when you're, you're really trying to move things forward in life, you yeah. know, really change stuff up or you're in a very busy period, that's the time when you really have to choose when you're going to drink and really look at your, try, even though it's really tiring to go to the gym or go for a walk and, you, you know, to make sure you make the right choice and really eat really well as well, you know. 
I think those are two, well, I know from personal experience and from working with people that those are actually incredibly accurate points. You know, the, the food you put in your body, it's, it's, it's the fuel that you're running on. Things like, you know, when you're, there's a great saying about meditation and it's something along the lines of the, busy, the, the busier you are, the more you need to meditate. Oh, yeah, that's, is it Gandhi who was said, uh, someone said, uh, he said, oh, uh, it's getting really busy, so I'm going to uh, meditate for two hours, and, and someone said, oh, my God, no, 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 you can't possibly, it's so busy, there's so many crises going on that you can't possibly meditate for two hours, and he went, well, if it's that busy, I need to meditate for four. I understand, yes, that's it. I think that's incredibly, I certainly found that, the, you know, I had a particularly, I had a really busy day on Saturday, and I actually woke up early to meditate. And I, I did something like 25 minutes, not that long. But what I found was just starting the day with that stillness, it really it really changed, you know, rather than sort of sitting down and getting an overwhelming number of emails and finishing copywriting, you actually, you know, you come at it differently. And I think for creatives listening, that if you're going through perhaps an overwhelming time or you're busy, those are really important things to look at with yourself. You know, make sure that you're eating really well in whatever way works for you. Make sure that you... I love what you said at the beginning about the fact that you've noticed the positive influence, the, the positive impact of going back to the gym. Tell me a bit about that. How are you finding that's improving your mood? Well, the thing is I've always realised and um, how important it is for me because I've always trained. And, I mean, even when I was kind of at university, I don't spend my summers out in LA running on the beach and just really training and I weightlift, which I find... And I've got a very um, serious neck injury, which is a real problem. And if I don't train the muscles in a very safe way around it and my posture goes, then, you know, the pain just gets worse, not better. And also it's mental, completely mental. I spent my life dealing with stress, stress through exercise. And then if I don't exercise, it's amazing where my brain goes. I get dark, I get depressed, I feel really unhealthy, I can't get anything done. You know what I mean? And then, of course, it's proven how much... Um, Exercise helps the mood and lifts endorphins. In fact, someone, I can't remember what the name of the book is, someone wrote a book recently about how, you know, um, exercising helps everything, even your brain cells and everything else. And I think it's really true. So since I've gone, okay, I'm going to get down there, and it kills you. And even yesterday I walked in going, on a Sunday going, how, I can't believe I'm in the gym again, oh my God. And But once you start, it's amazing. And of course, you come out feeling feeling great. And of course, because I if you weight train of course what happens is it's not just like doing kind of cardio where you just burn calories in the moment when you weight train you know you're you're actually increasing the size of your muscle and you everyone loses after the age of 25 i think it's a pound of muscle a year through natural loss so you have to really train you know what i mean to keep and put that muscle back on again yeah and because if you don't have muscle then you metabolic rate drops and you can't eat as much and then you get fat and you blah, blah, blah. i mean i am for me so you know, I'm, I, I know about exercise, but it just still doesn't mean that sometimes I don't do it. So I'm feeling way better. Although I'm aware that I'm eating so many chocolate biscuits and, and sugar, my Haribo obsession continues. But um, this is because when you're tired, it's short-term energy. But I'm trying my best anyway, so... Well, you never know. Because you've given them a mention, they might send you a free bag. Oh, good lad, don't even go there. I can wallow in it. I'd like a bath full of things to send me some. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I think it's important to... I said it's got to be self-care that you can fit in your life but i think you've also got to be very you've got to find the self-discipline to do that and i was reading today actually in one of the papers that paul smith the designer every morning he goes for a swim at five fifteen in the morning and then yeah. watch the sun come up at six in london 
and has been taking photographs. So he's gone from being a designer to taking photographs. And although lots of very famous photographers have taken photographs of his, obviously his, his clothes, he recently has been taking his own up. So, um, well, hang on one second. Hold that thought, darling. Well, I, I like what you were saying about the Paul Smith story, but most people that are quite, you know, that are at the top of their game uh, in any in any sort of industry. I know Anna Wintour, the, you know, the, the US editor yeah. of Vogue, she she wakes up at five and plays tennis for an hour. And she said for a long time, because it keeps me mentally, you know, focused and physically. And I, I know for myself, when I, when I get really busy, what I've learned now is, I mean, you know, the other day I was still up at 2am sort of finishing something. And I really realised that in order to give my best and for anyone to give their best, you have to have a practice that works for you. You know, going for a swim's nice or going for a run on the beach or, you know, anyone listening, I would really encourage you to sort of look at your self-care routine and really sort of, really look at ways you could fit in. You know, it has to work for you. That's the yeah. first thing. But I think you know, also it's not, it does have to work for you. But you, I mean, like uh, Barack Obama, famously at six every morning, he plays, he, he, he's got very, a real discipline routine. So he gets up at a certain time. Yep. And then I think it's six o'clock every morning he plays basketball with some people. And it's because I remember reading an interview, someone was even on Air Force One and travelled around, and he said, because he's got to make such big decisions in his life all the time, obviously President of the States, that he has realised that he tries to get all the mundane stuff decided. So there's no question that he trains at six, and there's almost no question what he's eating, because he's got to get rid of the mundane decisions because he needs all his brain power for the big stuff. Um, And there's an amazing book by a lady called Twyla Tharp, um, called, I think it's This Creative Habit, I'll reference it in the notes. And uh, she's a choreographer, amazing, done huge amounts of shows. There's an amazing book about how to put a show together. And I mean, I've having done dozens of shows, I know it's in her process. She puts, um, but she's up every morning, come rain, come shine in New York at six o'clock, and her bike about to go and lift in the gym because, of course, she's been a dancer. And, and then she, then at nine o'clock in the morning, she's, she's ready to work on her creativity because I think that's. What often comes up with creative people, we don't have that nine to five discipline or the seven yeah. to nine discipline that, you know, so if you almost have to put it in yourself. And I know when I've I've got a process where I have to be somewhere, I have to be at rehearsals or I have to do something, then you really get things done. And if you don't, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday called Liz Rankin, who you may have met, amazing. She She's done a, she's movement directed over 50 Royal Shakespeare Company um, Productions. She's also a painter who her works in the World Portrait National Portrait Gallery, and she's also writing a book as well at the moment. I mean, she's just incredible. Everything she does. And I did a podcast a few months ago, which I'll reference. But she was saying yesterday she likes this idea that she's working. So at the moment she's going to the British Library because she's re- yeah. researching something, yeah. and she's there. She does like you know, she does like six hours a day, and that's her work. You know, so. I think that's a really great point you've brought up, actually. I just wanted to go back to it. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting to me what you've just said, because I think a lot of people can really identify with that sense of sort of, you know, when you're a creative or you're you're self-employed or you are even a small business owner, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a creative to supply to you. There, there can be a real sense of, you know, like you said, you don't have, you don't essentially have to wake up and be in the office at eight. You don't have to be, you know, on a conference call or anything. So it can be easy sometimes, I think, to perhaps, yes, 
Perhaps. The cat is agreeing with you. Well, that's the main thing. <laughs> to perhaps, you know, sometimes it's important to maintain a sense of routine. And I know for myself, I've really found it very beneficial to set, set a time to wake up, set a time to eat breakfast, set a time to do certain things. Because ultimately, you know, that's what people in an office would do. I know, but I'm actually, I've, I've, what I'm realising, and when I, sometimes if you've got an early shoot, you are super early. And yeah. you get so much more. And I actually am starting to see, as I said, we've just got Barack Obama at 6am, Paul Smith at 5.15, Anna Winter at 6 o'clock doing tennis. I think that actually I'm starting to realise the more creatively I can kind of go to bed early and get up early and try and use that time the better. And so I guess, in fact, because obviously you and I don't plan these chats and these coaching sessions, they kind of meander as they will. Then after our talk last week about self-care and no... This week seems to be turning up about, really, about A, setting goals, and then B, also setting goals about how best to set up your daily work ethic and your daily yeah. habits. And obviously, if you're doing creativity as a kind of part-time thing at nights and weekends, on top of a normal job or whether it's a full-time thing, that the more we can schedule self-care, schedule exercise and schedule time to work and write, that, that, then suddenly that's where you can start looking at your life and going, oh, hang on a second, I can really move things here. Yeah, I would have every, you know, if I could, I would have everybody scheduling in self-care time because, like you and I discussed, you know, things like goal-setting and self-care, it baffles me that they're not taught in schools. Yeah, you're right, It really, actually. you know, it really baffles me because, you know, you grow up thinking... You have to learn all these things in order to be talented or in order to be successful. And then, you you know, you become an adult and you realise that academic stuff, essentially, doesn't really mean anything if you're, you know, if you're burnt and, out. And, you know. and, and talent doesn't mean anything if you don't put the ads in. If you don't put the ads into market or to practice or to... Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, isn't it scary when you, you sort of sit there and realise that... I remember coaching somebody a few days ago and they're a new client, and they were really frustrated about something in their business. And this, I think this could actually apply quite nicely to creatives. Um, the situation, they were doing a lot of stuff uh, on their business, but they weren't making the money they wanted. And when I sort of really probed and, 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 and you know, looked into their strategy, what I found was they were busy all the time, but they weren't doing anything that actually focused on bringing sales or money in. And it can very much be the same with creators. I found that people can be very busy, but they're sometimes busy doing the things that don't get them jobs, or they're busy oh, doing the. Nice. Mm. And I, I think this is, you know, this is like an example of where, of where the, of where the session goes in a new direction. Something you just said really triggered that, and I think it's important for people to realise that uh, th this client of mine, you know, they were really stressed out and quite frazzled, actually, because they were literally doing, they were working very late, spending a lot of money on social media strategies and all that stuff, and essentially making no money. And I really probed and looked at what they were doing, and I, I said to them, you know, a, a little example here, you know, you're doing lots of things that essentially encourage people to buy, uh, encourage people to just consume from you, but you haven't set up sales calls, you haven't set up new client registration or enrollment or anything like that and it's very much the same with creatives if you're an actor or an actress for example and you're let's just say for example you're very busy with i don't know uh, doing certain activities but you, you're just not getting the amount of jobs you want 
look at your schedule. Are you busy enough actively pursuing auditions or networking? Does that make sense? Yeah, have you scheduled in, which is actually very true, and, and I'm guilty. Um, have you scheduled writing X amount of letters a week for cast and directors? Have you scheduled X amount of it, you know, trying to get into new workshops or um, writing to cast and directors or writing to letters? I do think that kind of putting limits and numbers on... Because otherwise it's very easy to, to think you're doing good work and actually not really... I mean, what was the definition of networking is... It's not... Um, Oh, hang on, hang on. The definition of networking is not... It's basically who knows who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. It's not anything else, really. It's not just, oh, I know so-and-so, but it's actually you've got to have people knowing who you are and what it is you do and what it is you sell. That's what you should be trying to aim at, really. So that when they think, oh, I want a this or that, they think, oh, so-and-so does that or this. That's exactly, isn't it? That's exactly it. You know, people sort of talk about how busy they are or how much they've been working, but something I, I always say to them is, you know, what, what platforms are you focusing on? What avenues? If you're, you know, what are the end results? Should, if you're, you know, let's say you're an actress or an actor, you can be very busy doing certain things, but if none of those things are bringing you in, let's say, <laughs> new gigs, new jobs, I think it's great what you said just now about um, are you, how many letters a week are you writing? Always, I would always look at that sort of stuff. Just, you know, look at, you know, it's very easy to say you're busy without necessarily being productive. That's a very important thing. I often find that with creatives. People can be very busy maybe, you know, doing their painting or doing their, writing their book. But how busy are you marketing it? I heard a a fantastic online class the other day and she said for optimum results, the, the student she was talking to said their income goal was 10 grand a month. And oh. she, she said, for, for, for around that, you'd need to be doing about four hours a day on your marketing. Yeah, well, I remember going to a Federation of Entertainment Union um, course, and they said, if you're a freelance, you should be spending 25% of your time looking at getting new work and marketing. And yeah. the problem is, what happens to all of us, whatever creative field you're in, I mean, whether it's coaching or graphic design or acting is you you go into a new project you get consumed by it you know everyone wants more 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 for less 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 that they give you give it your all and actually but what you're not doing is going oh well i'm in so and so come and see me you're not putting that 25 percent in so actually maybe that's something i can instill into mind that if i look at the times and the hours a day i'm spending on anything maybe i need to go well hang on i also need to rather than getting all like last minute.com panic is Stay. Say, what well, am I spending twenty five percent of each day, or four days doing the work, and one day doing the marketing? If you see what I'm saying, but it, uh, it almost needs. It seems to me I need to put that in place, and I certainly have got to do that. Run that round with London Town because it's been, you know, I still haven't moved away from thinking it's great, but it's just I've done a few things. But I've got people to chase up. Fashion Week's now finished. I can now. And I know the problem is things keep happening and, and, and all these things. Is that urgent, not important stuff that, you know what I'm saying? And if you don't do it, you end up doing the urgent, important, or the not important, urgent, like, can you return this call? Can you do this? Can you do that? And everyone's always going, me, 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 I need your attention. I need this now. And actually what you need to be doing is the long-term, as you say, marketing yep. the book, marketing the song, marketing, if you're doing the show, writing to people to come and see you. 
you know, yeah. and it's always that. And I've seen it so, and I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone that people have killed themselves doing a little show and then they've forgotten to invite anyone. So they're doing great work and no one sees yeah. it. In which case, and especially if you're not, if you're doing like a profit share or something, you're almost like you've nearly killed yourself for a little... For no reason. Yeah, really, for a little pop on your CV, which actually doesn't really help anyone because... No, no it doesn't. And I, I love what you've just said because this class I was watching, she said something that I think would apply so much to actors. And she said, you market now so you'll have clients in six months. Yeah. And, and this is something I always find with people. Um, there's, a very, there's a real tendency to want instant results. You and I had a discussion about this yeah. a few weeks ago. I still want them. Where are my instant results? Why isn't, every, why isn't London Town everywhere and played everywhere? Oh, yeah, because I haven't done any marketing. No, Would, you like me? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to coach you on that? No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> this is what I... It's a really big deal for, for creatives. It's a really big deal for creatives in general. I find people... You know, like you said, a perfect example was, you know, you, you acknowledged that people often do these great shows, but they don't market them. But let's go back to you. You said that you haven't done any marketing, but I do think at the moment you've been, you've been in a place where, you know, it's like I said to you last week, it's, it's been important for you to make your, your rest a priority. Does that, I mean, how does that feel? Yeah, and I think that I'm still trying to do it on top of, I've decided that it's more important than other things. And if other things get, although I had a couple of emails today I've got to deal with, etc. But I am suddenly going, hang on, I've got to, I think from what we're talking about here, my self-care needs to come first. And then also I need to set some goals for marketing A, the next play, and B, and myself within that and I'm obviously putting some time back in for, for London Town again I need to almost set some uh, X amount of phone calls X amount of emails those kind of things need to be put in place and really find a way to do that because because otherwise you end up spinning your wheels not really moving forward and I mean I've got a friend of mine who's written one book which is really interesting and but it's hardly he didn't market it so he's already writing the next one and I Michael <laughs> Hyatt has got that great book platform which I got, was it last Christmas or the Christmas before? I can't remember now. But either way, I read it and went, oh, because he says you need to be, be, build your platform about a year before you need it, if you see what I'm saying. And again, it's about you've got to move it so forward. True. And I mean, I've got two no novels written, one, yeah. one on its fifth draft, one it's kind of halfway through its second draft. Yeah. And, you know, why aren't they? Well, I mean, if necessary, I could even release them and pop them up via my blog to sell. But have I done that? No, because it's about... I almost need to finish the projects I've got in hand and then yeah. and then do my best to market each one as opposed to just going, let's keep giving, giving creatively and actually never, no one really hears, it's just a lot of output but no one really hears it, if you see what I'm saying. I actually think that's a really good, it's funny how whenever we do these sessions it's always in like towards the end that the real juicy bits come out. Um, that's incredibly on point for creatives. Most of the, most people I coach have similar issues or, or similar things come up and nearly all of them say exactly what you just said it's it's i've done this amazing thing and i'm putting out all this energy but not many people are reading it or, or seeing it and that comes down to essentially marketing you know you can be incredibly talented and incredibly gifted at what you do but that doesn't necessarily mean you're good at marketing and i think that one of the things that's really important for people to realize is that 
make marketing a priority. Really make, you know, in my, in my coaching program, build your personal brand. The first strategy, I actually just updated it with new content and, and new exercises. And the, the first one is make promotion a priority. And I actually got, somebody actually emailed me saying, I find that a bit, you know, uncomfortable. And I sort of had to question why they were even reading my work, which is all about promoting yourself if they didn't want to. But the whole point I go through with clients and that strategy is what you've just said. And it's, you have to make your, your promotion a priority. You have to make your marketing a priority. People who do, in the coaching world, for example, most clients will read your material for three to six months before they try and before they contact you and say, "I want you to coach me," or before they say, "I'd like to download your book or your course or your you know your how to." So it's about that thing of you you know. I love what you said about you know you acknowledge, for example, people. Sorry, you, you know, you, people, sorry, you cut out. You acknowledge. Ah, you know when you said. How many people are you writing to? It, I think that's a very healthy, it can be challenging, but it's a very healthy thing to do. To the people listening, I would really say, if you're stuck or, you, or you're noticing maybe you're not getting the results you want, really take a few moments and like with what Marisha said about, you know, look at black and white, cold, hard facts. Mm. How much are you actually marketing? Because... That, the facts don't lie. That's what I find funny. People will sort of waffle a bit, won't they? And they'll say, oh, you know, times are hard. Who says times are hard? Yeah, you, no, if, yeah, yeah. If, if you're, oh, yeah, it's the economy, is it? I know lots of people making really good money. <laughs> or people say, yeah, no, nobody, bought my, nobody bought my new single. But, you know, that's because people don't buy music. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it's just you haven't marketed it. That um, Vamps video, they've now got, it's not even been released yet. I think it's two weeks to the release date. It's now on 1.8 million views on YouTube. I know who you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Vamps. And, and um, it's not even, I mean, I've had friends see it in Spain and on Channel 4 over here. And it's just amazing because they're just going market, market, market. They've got one. They've got a great little track, a great little video, and they are killing themselves to market one thing, and that's all they're doing. And I think that makes, that's what, obviously if you do that and it's not a great product, it's different, but they've got a great product there, so it's really catchy. and uh, Great, so to wrap up, um, I guess I'll come back next next week with some very clear goals, and, um, and as you say, specific goals on marketing. And obviously you and I had a quick chat beforehand, and... If we do have any listeners who would like to ask you and me any questions, they can either contact me through the Facebook of uh, Love Your Creativity or contact you through your Facebook. What's your Facebook uh, page called? It's, uh, it's called Ryan James Locke, Be Your Own Publicist. Great. And the other thing is if they, um, another way they could do it, if they go on my website, loveyourcreativity.com, there is a button on the right, speak pipe, and they can ring in a, a phone call basically and ask a question. And of course, we'll play it if it's, suitable and polite and I thought a question about marketing or whether they're creative or small business or mindset or creativity and we, we, you and I can have a look and see if we can help because it'd be nice to kind of spread the love as it were and spread the yeah the world wary advice of us two um I think that's great yeah so be good so great well thank you Ryan and um I will speak to you next week have a great week Marisha bye thank you bye